All right, I'm going to do something good tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lighten up on you. I really am. You know, I, I, I do something when I pastor. I, I do, I ebb and I tide. If y'all ever notice you go to the beach, sometimes the, 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 the tide's going out and sometimes it's coming in. All right, sermons should be that way. There are times when I will preach on what you need to be doing. And you should. But you know what? I don't want to hear what I need to be doing all the time. Maybe I need to hear sometimes what did God do. So tonight we're going to talk about what God did. Amen. And, you know, because you have to have a balance. The Bible says grace and truth came through Jesus. He didn't say grace. He didn't say all truth. He said grace and truth. That means there's times you need grace and there's times you need a little bit of truth. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about do I like me? Do you like you? And we're going to talk about your own self-image and the way God sees you. We're going to talk about helping you to start liking yourself. Are you all ready for that? Okay, Matthew 22. Now as we go to Matthew 22... I'm going to ask you, we're going to go backwards for a few minutes, and i got to bring your memory up because I don't want to bring my whiteboard back out. But you remember when I did the whiteboard, I did the three circles. Y'all get the three circles in your mind, spirit, soul, body. Remember I made a statement that the spirit never touches the body, the body never touches the spirit. Remember that? Also, you remember me making the statement that your spirit man has no feelings. That's a weird thing to hear. You can't feel your spirit. You can't see it. The only way you know it's there is the Bible. If you didn't have a Bible, you'd have no idea you were a spirit. Can't put it under a microscope, can't even find it. Other than 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, man is a spirit, has soul, lives in a body. So other than the Bible, as a mirror... You would never be able to see into the spirit realm and know you're a spirit. Now, you'll know it after you die and you realize that your body is laying on the ground and you're walking around going, who is that guy down there? My God, he's bald in the back of his head, you know? And so you're going to walk around and then an angel is going to go, I'm coming to get you. And you're going to know you're very much alive, but you're going to know I'm not that body. And then your spirit and your soul are going to leave. And one day you'll get a new body and you'll be sporting. All right. And um, all of the things you were trying to do at the gym, you'll get it. Hallelujah. Me too. All right. Now, having said that, I want you to think about this for a minute. Because the spirit is the real you. That's you. That's who you are. Now, very hard to associate with this guy that is a spirit. And I am a spirit. Because we learn from the Bible that what God did in you, he finished it. He did the part you couldn't do. You couldn't, you can do something about your soul and you can do something with your flesh, but you could do nothing about the fact that you had been made sin. So Jesus took that part of you that was broken and totally fixed it. Aren't you glad? All right, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. Do I like me? Look at this scripture here, 2239, and he says, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. Now, the problem I have found with loving people is it's very hard to give away what you don't have. Have you all ever trouble? Now, now don't lie to me. Has anybody in here ever had trouble loving somebody? You're like, help me, Jesus. That's because you can't, you know, when, when, if God came along and said, I want you to give them $1,000, you're like, what? But if you were Trump, you wouldn't care. If you had a lot of money, that wouldn't matter to you. If you have love, it is not hard to give it away. But if you don't have any, very, very hard to give away what you don't have. So when we read this, this is not a kinky, I sure do love me. <laughs> That's not what this is about. This is not a kinky self-love, like I am the best there is. That's goofy love. That's not what Jesus is talking about. But he did, but, but if you think about this, a lot of times when, when we think about loving others, we're having a problem with it because we don't even like us. Have y'all ever, you girls ever noticed that when they make a movie, a teen movie, a teenage movie, all of the girls in the high school are drop dead gorgeous? There's not an ugly girl in the whole high school. Y'all didn't. You, you, come on, y'all, you, answer me. You, you, you watch teen movies. Yeah. There ain't no fat girls there. There ain't no ugly girls there. And how many pretty, I mean, I'm talking about TV quality females, do you really know? Not with, I mean, honey, take all the makeup off and, okay. I mean, there are pretty girls and then there's average girls. And so a lot of times we live in a society that rates you on how you look. And some people, and I'm talking about me included, just aren't going to make the GQ magazine at all. Thank you all. Now, there are some guys that are football players and all the girls, oh, have you seen? They don't ever say that about me. <laughs> Amen. And you're going to have to be good with it because you are what you are. So the fact is, is that in society today, we've created standards that people are trying to attest to that for the most part are very, very unrealistic. As you grow older... Lift it, tuck it, Botox it, but you're getting older. And I, you know, and some of you ladies, go ahead, it's okay. I mean, you just don't look like you're 16 anymore. And I already made all the women in here mad, like, oh, I'm not even coming back to this church ever again. So, so here, here's the issue, and the same thing with men. I mean, if you're, not, if you're not a stud muffin, you ain't nothing. And you got to run through walls and jump over troops and, 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 be, and you know. And so, and so I, think, I think society creates an image that's just not real. 
So I think the average person tries to judge yourself by what the TV says you should be. That's, and what happens is you're just like, well, right, I'm just really chopped liver. Don't shout me down. And so, you know, I mean, even in the preaching world, you walk into a church, I walk into a meeting, every pastor asks, how many people are you running? And you're going to rate me? By how many people I've run? Why don't you rate me by the ones I ran off? (laughs) Is that a fair assessment? How many people are you running? How many people did Jeremiah get saved? None. He never even had one success. And yet there's a whole book in the Bible about a guy that never even had a convert. They threw him in jail and threw him in the pit. And when they all went off in exile, they left him behind. He's Dennis the Menace. I mean, he's just a, his whole life was a mess. All he ever prophesied was bad stuff. We wouldn't have, I mean, he would not have been in Charisma Magazine at all. Isn't it funny, the standards we use actually came out of the world, and they're very, very unrealistic. So what happens is you compare yourself with people. Okay, the next thing you do, and we do, is we rate ourselves by what people think. Is that fair? It really is not. Because the person you're married to might not like themselves, much less you. You know, if your husband doesn't love himself, he can't give you what he don't have. And then you walk around thinking that you're just a bad person because your husband told you you are. And vice versa. Very difficult to please people. I believe we view ourselves by what other people think. You'll never get some people to love you or even like you. So you can't get your worth from people or things. Now, Jordan was over this week. And uh, he went online and he put something on my TV. Because I don't know how to operate it. I mean, I'm that far behind. So he told me if I hit this and this and this, he put some programs. So one of the ones he put on was alone. A bunch of people that went off to Canada and tried to go off in the wilderness and live for a month with nothing but a pocket knife, a bow and arrow, and a set of matches. Some of them lasted a week, some of them lasted a month. But every one of them, when they failed, started crying. What is my family going to think? Who cares, you big fat crybaby? If you lived for, for four weeks in the wilderness with nothing but a set of matches, you're doing real good. Right? And, and every one of them that failed, and watch people when they're in sports, we lost. Yeah. <laughs> 
What, does that define you? How many light bulbs did Thomas Edison make that didn't work? Over a thousand. But did that make him a failure? Everybody that's ever done anything has failed more than they've succeeded. So failure does not define you. I'm doing good. But yet in our society, we're taught it does. Now, I'm going to say something about me. It get quiet. This is true whether you like it or not. I could preach four of the best sermons you ever heard in your life. If I preach one bad one, people leave and never forget they got saved in this church, healed in this church, but that sorry dog said one thing and it made me mad. I'm only as good as my last sermon. And you know how long it took me to finally get over it? You know, there's going to be people who like me and don't, and what you see is what you get, and no, I will never be Joel Osteen. Well, you know, Joel Osteen does it this way, Pastor Dale. I said, move to Houston. But what that is, is called self-confidence. And you and I have got to start learning to like you the way God made you. You know, when I first started pastoring, I, I didn't like me. I mean, I'm like rough and kind of country and riding motorcycles and shoot guns. And all my pastor friends are like, open your Bibles. And I'm like trying to be dignified. In about two or three minutes into the sermon, I'm like messing this whole thing up. Finally, one day I went, I forget it. I don't even know how to do all that. Are y'all out there? But it's amazing. It, it took me a while to go, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and you aren't either. You, can, you cannot... You cannot Judge yourself. So let me say it again. If you don't like you, what does it matter if, if people do or don't? The first person that has to like you is going to have to be you. Boy, that's good preaching. Because until you do, there's, there, there's people who don't like you because you don't like you. Don't y'all like to be around confident people who go, who gives a rip? I love Trump. Now, y'all may not like him, and that's okay. And it's, you know, people say, well, he's rough, and he says bad words and stuff like that. But he, he's laughing about all of this. And he doesn't care what you think. He's a billionaire. He's gotten over what you think. You know, so, so that's what makes him him. So I'm trying to get you to this point that you're going to have to get over 
the fact that every day of your life is not going to go perfect. Everything you do isn't going to be perfect. And then if you're going to love you, where, where are you going to get it from? Y'all know where I'm going here. All right. Revelation 12.10. The number two thing you got to get over is that Satan is constantly accusing you to you. Now, no, I don't get to preach to anybody else. I'll just preach to Zach. How many of y'all have ever had an argument in your mind? And I mean, I've even heard people say this. God, I'm stupid. Really? Who told you that? Man, I must screw up. God, I, what's, what's wrong with me? What are you doing? What are you, you're, you're expecting perfection? That's pride. You got a war going on you inside of you, and you've got someone constantly shaming you, condemning you. You know, when you got born again, God knew you were a mess. Did you know that he started working, but he didn't finish on the outside guy the first day? Did you know he's not requiring Everything out of you right now. You know, it's amazing. You, 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 you get a baby in the room and you, everybody, hey, kid, you, it is crapping in its pants. It's throwing up on the neighbors. And nobody is thinking there's anything wrong with that. You know what God thinks about you when you get saved? He's just thrilled. He just loves you. You're just like, oh, he's going, ah, ha, ha, ha. oh, come on, baby. I just love you. And he's excited about you being saved, and he just loves you, and you're a mess. You know, when you grow up in a home, the family... They just love you. Now, they'll whip on you a little bit, and, but, but they ain't nobody throwing you out. So, so, so there is a growth, and as a born-again Christian, there's a growth, but you can't get your worth from what you do and don't do even after you get saved. Now, I'm going to say this real strong. Some of y'all are way too hard on yourself. You're too hard on yourself. You're expecting more out of yourself than you can deliver. Lighten up. Just raise a white flag and go, I like me. And you'll feel weird the first time you think. You've heard me say this, and every time I do, I get a reaction. I will walk up to people and go, it is good you've met me. And everybody go, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I'm serious. Because one day I had to come to grips. I am made in the image of God. And I, I'm not, I mean, don't get mad at me. I'm not enamored by Jesse or Kenneth. When they walk in, I, oh, 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 oh. 
Kenneth. I don't do it. I'm going to fall apart when they walk in the room. I walk up to them and go, Kenneth Copeland, I'm Daryl Morgan because you met me. And I mean it. Are y'all out there? I had to do that for myself because I had to get over this inferiority. You ain't nobody. Amen. All right. So the devil is constantly beating on you. And the other thing that he's doing, he's telling people that you know what a sorry dog you are. And they will tell you what the devil said to them. Oh, you just screwed that up. Have you ever noticed we have the Holy Ghost Police Department that goes to church and their job is to tell you everything that's wrong with you? I'll just come over here. I'm not saying that occasionally you don't need to be corrected, but I mean, it's almost like they're looking for dirt and they feel spiritual. So listen to this statement. Other people feel like if they blow your candle out, it makes theirs brighter. And it doesn't. They've got a, they got, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, anytime you do anything, When I decided to leave the doors open, God almighty the hell, pastor, I can't believe you did that. Well, if I'd have shut it, why, pastor, I can't believe you did that. I've already figured out that about half of you aren't going to like anything I ever do. So I think if one person is going to like what I do, it'll be me. Because I got to live with me. I got to sleep in the same bed with me. And I want my conscience to be clear when I sleep. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? So you understand you're not going to please everybody. Now think about Jesus for a minute. You are imperfect. So most of the time when they're criticizing you, there's an element of truth to it. But they criticize Jesus too. He didn't do anything wrong. And they still found fault. So you understand there's a group of people on this planet. They're going to find fault with you. It doesn't matter what you do. Say amen. amen. So the question is, are you going to judge yourself trying to please people who don't even like you? I don't drive a truck because... I. I I don't have a car, I have a truck, and I don't care what you think. I'm a truck driving, former redneck hillbilly preacher, and I'm quite good about it right now, too, I'm going to tell you right now. And And you understand, I had to be good with that, because when I first started pastoring, people would say, there he is. And I always told Lisa, I said, what does that mean? There is. I started getting offended. Like, now I take it as a compliment. You mean I'm like a diamond? I'm an original? When, when you see movie stars, do you know why they're on magazines? 
because some idiot told you they were super duper. And they weren't nobody until a bunch of people sold them to you so they could make money off of you. They're not any better than you are. Now, they think they're awesome now. Ask them about their political views, and we go, well, I don't think we ask you, and I don't think we really care what you think. Because all you've ever done is act anyway. Never mind. Man's number one need on this earth is to be loved. Don't ever forget it. You are looking for love in all the wrong places. But every one of us want to be loved. There's a study done one time that says a baby needs to fill his mother in its arms in order to be healthy. You need to place that baby in mommy's arms. And that baby needs to know their love. Children need to grow up in a home knowing mommy and daddy love them. That's why God is very strict about, about you parents sticking together and sticking it out. Because the children need that love. When you get married, well, the, no, your number one need is to be loved. Now, I got news for you. It don't always happen. Because you married Joe Selfish. Or Betty Lou Self-Centered. And, and it just don't work. And then you got to. But you know what? The issue is, is you have a tendency to carry that with you. Like I'm damaged goods. You know, somebody made a statement to me, and, and I, I didn't take it as hard as, as maybe other people, but they told Lisa when she married me, she says, well, he's used. And I just looked at him and I said, well, she'd rather have a used Rolls Royce than a new Volkswagen. <laughs> I just refuse to take your image. Thank y'all. So Philemon 1.6, turn over there. Now man's number one need is to be loved. We're going to look at some scriptures tonight. We're going to go back over to the Philippians, I mean the, to, the, to the fact that you're a spirit. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing in you in Christ. You are going to have to at some times... Pick up your Bible and find out through the word only, what did God say about you? Or you'll never know it. I'm not talking about what people say about you. I'm not talking about what you think about you. I'm talking about what did God say about you? Where did Jesus find out he was son of God? Reading the Bible. So on the day that stood up in his, his own church, they brought him the book of, um, of Isaiah, and he opened to the place. And he says, this scripture has been fulfilled. He found himself in the Bible. You need to find you in the Bible. Thank you all. And when you do, you're going to like what you find. You ready? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man's in Christ, he's a brand new 
creation. There is nothing old, worn out, regenerated. He didn't take you like a sofa and recover you. You're not an old piece of human that Jesus patched. He made you brand new. Now, now I'm going to tell you right now, one of your primary confessions, and you need to do this, you need to start saying, I am a new creation. All of the old has passed away, and everything in me is new, because you still relate to yourself as a sinner. Well, you know, if you knew me, no, if you knew you, you can't relate to the you before you got saved. That's not you. That might be the way you think you are out of your soul, but it is not you. You're brand new. Now, here's the, here's the catcher. Did God make an unrighteous new creature? Why would he need to? He, he already had an old unrighteous creature. So why would he make a flop? He, he didn't. Think about this for a minute. There's only one group of people, there's only one species on the earth, if you want to use that word, that are made in the class with God. And it's us. That's, that's, a, that's an incredible statement. I mean, it's almost blasphemous to think. I'm in his class? Well, you just hair lip Christianity. I mean, just most Christians. Sunday morning, I'm going to get into a sermon in here on habitation versus visitation. Stop praying he'll come. Where do you think he is? You looking for God? Here I am. Now that sounds blasphemous. But is he, is he in me or not? See, why do you think when he, he has a job to do, he sends you? Because he, without you, now I didn't say you are him. Does, does Justin have any of my traits? Does he have some of Lisa's? Yes. He isn't me, and he isn't Lisa, but he's mine, and he's from me, and he is me. I mean, he is, because until... Unless I, he wouldn't be here. So he came out of me. You came out of him. And you're his child. And you have his attributes. I'm going to tell you right now, if you can't get to Donald, get to his son. Never mind. I mean, am I messing up your head right now? Because I'm trying to make you think a little bit outside the box. 
God made Adam in his image, in his class. Wow. I don't think we think high enough. John 17, 20, let's go. We're going to go through a bunch of scriptures right now, and I hope that every single one of them just impregnates you. Because you need to write them down and you need to read them. Because if you don't read them and look at them and meditate on them, it's not going to do you any good. You're not going to be changed into the image of that. But now we're looking at you. And I don't pray for these alone, talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But also all those who believe in me through their words say, that's me. me. All right, let's go to the next one. That they would be one. He's not talking about unity. Well, you know, we've never become one. He's not talking about everybody being one. See, if everybody's got to be mature for the rapture, then no one will get saved the day before. Never mind. The church is not going up because it's mature. Not if it's doing its job. There's going to be a whole lot of baby Christians. Who are slobbering. Going in the rapture. Oh, that I hair lip most Christians right there. Just mess them up. That there'll be one as you, Father, are in me, and I'm in you, that they'll be made one in us that the world believe you sent me. Let's go to the next one. You ready? And the glory which you gave me, I gave it to them. I gave it to Mike. Mike has the same glory on him Jesus has. Ashley has the same glory Jesus has. Teresa has the same glory Jesus has. You're out, you're out going to a meeting trying to get the glory. He can't cram any more in you, honey. Oh. The glory which you gave me, I gave them, that they'll be one like we are. Let's go. Get ready. It's getting ready to get better. I in them and you in me that they'll be made perfect and one that the world know you sent me and love them. Now you don't even believe this. As much as he loves Jesus exactly. Not an ounce of difference in how much God loves Jesus. He loves you. That's absolutely an incredible thing for someone to say. Now, you say, why is it not real? Because you're not thinking about it. Remember what Mary Friend said about your thoughts? If you think about this, that will become more real to you. But the church doesn't even preach to about this, much less think about it. But you open that up and go, he loves me as much as he does Jesus. Your brain will go. That's a bunch of hooey. Then if he loves as much as me, what's all this hell happening in my life? I'm going to tell you right now, if he loved me at all, all this crap wouldn't be happening. Last time I prayed, he didn't even answer me. And he does Jesus. That ain't no way. Don't shut me down. That's because you're going to have to learn to walk by faith. You're going to have to open the Bible and go, that's absolutely true. Take it by faith. 
not memorized. I said, your spirit has no feeling, so quit waiting that on a feeling. God, are you here? Are you here? Oh, he's here. Oh, shoot, he left. He loves me today. Oh, my God, the birds are singing the next day. He hates me. The car ain't running. A dog bit the cat. And I mean, my God, I got fired. And he don't love me. He don't care nothing about me. What are you going by? You're not walking by faith. Are you all okay? Say, he loves me as much as he does Jesus. Now, let's say, for instance, that is true. Let's pretend for a minute that scripture is true. Do you give a rip what I think? No. <laughs> I mean, if God loves me, I don't care what you think. Does you understand? You, now you can give away because now you have something to give. So somebody comes along, slaps you upside the head, and you go, that is really not a good thing for you to do to me. Because you are secure in the fact that he cares about you. See, faith works by love. Say love. love. Not your love. His. You're saying, I got faith in God. I've got to get some more faith. I've got to get some more faith. No, you need to, get real, you need to realize how much he loves you and faith will be there. All right, let's go. Let's go to the next one. How are we doing for time? Oh, we got a good time. We're doing good. <laughs> Romans 5.17. We're going to go through a bunch of these. If by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned through the one, you didn't do that. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So look, look, look at the next one. Look at 18. Let's see, if it, let's see what 18 says. Because he's made us righteous. She may not be ready for me to say that. Anyway, did he make any unrighteous Christians? Okay. So when Jesus was born again in hell, and you've got to come to the Bible school if you want the rest of the sermon. Did your new, is your new birth like uh, 86 and his was 100? No. See, most people have no idea. They've never entered their mind that Jesus became sin and died spiritually like Adam did. See, in order to be raised from the dead, not, not physical death. Were you spiritually dead or physically dead? Which one were you? So Jesus had to taste death for you. You weren't physically dead. That wasn't your problem. So he had to become sin. So he had to be born again. And the new birth is the exact new birth you have. Now that'll rip your head off like, so you could go to hell right now if you wanted to and walk around and leave. Because hell can't hold a man full of God. 
you, you, you would not, it, you would not be, see, hell is the absence of God, and you're full of God, so you just well, gonna, like walk around and go, well, they're kind of like all screaming and crying down here. And it wouldn't have an effect on you because you're full of God. The reason he came out of hell is he got full of God. Hell can't hold a man full of God. Can't hold you either. Hell on earth can't hold you either because you're full of God. All right. I'm doing real good now. You know, some of y'all are like, this is a brand new wrinkle. <laughs> Therefore, thy moment, man, I'm going to get the right one. All right, 18. Ephesians 2.10. These are scriptures. I want you to, to meditate on them. That's why I'm going over them. I, you think I'm just going over them just to read them, but I really want in you because you need to wake up in the morning and when your eyeballs open and that little demon that sits on the headboard of your bed says, hello, sweetheart, it's going to be hell today. You ever had that happen? I have. I'm going to give you hell today. God don't love you. Nobody cares. You know how bad it was yesterday? It's going to be worse today. You know what you need to do right there? God loves me. I am loved. I am love. I am righteous. I am a brand new creation, a new species of being, and he loves me as much as Jesus. Hello, world. See, start, I mean, you got to kick off this way. And the only way you know this is you're going to have to get these scriptures and meditate on them. They're not ever going to be real to you if you don't. Let's look at this one. Say, I'm his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That God prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. He's got, he's got good stuff. And you are going to walk in them. Now, now, why would God make you an inferior product? You know, one thing I like about my truck, Toyota Tundra. If I went down to the dealership and found one I liked and the price wasn't what I wanted, I can go to another dealership because I know the one there is exactly like the other one I looked at. Am I right? Or is it kind of like, oh, this one's not as good. I mean, this one's got, I mean, the tires on this one squeak and the steering wheel's falling off. And then you go to another dealership and, oh, this one, the paint jobs. No, they're all the same. So when he made you, did he make you kind of like a, oh, crap. <laughs> Bombed on that person. I mean, like, oh, shoot. Okay. Let's try again, Gabriel. I mean, this one was a joke. <laughs> but you think that way. You know how I know you do? Someone like Mary Friend comes, you're like, oh. She's a Christian. She, she don't have any more righteousness than you. She don't have anything. Now, she may be more mature and may be more developed, in, and she may have a gift, but her gift doesn't define her. Your lack of a gift. I don't play football. 
I don't care. Because if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. See, if I get on a football field, this is going to be worldwide wrestling. <laughs> How many of y'all saw the movie? What's the one Sandra Bullock, Lisa? Oh, yeah. I love Blindside because what's his name? What's, what's the big guy's name? I mean, he picked that guy up and took him down the field and threw him over the fence. Now, that's the way I would like to play football. And he said, where were you taking him? He said, I was going to take him home. I mean, I'm just get him off the field, Jack. All right. Are you all out there? So, I, now see, that's why I can't play basketball. Take the ball and a pow, you know, give me the ball back. <laughs> it don't work, you know. That don't work. I draw. <laughs> penalty, penalty. So you understand, I'm, I'm not intimidated by the fact that somebody does something better than me. See, when I did competition, I never shot against people. I shoot against myself. I want to improve me. I don't care whether you do good or bad or not. You, I don't get my worth from that. I get my worth from the, what Jesus did for me. That's where I get my worth. So if I have a good day shooting or a bad day shooting, I didn't give a rip. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I'm not going to define myself by what I do. I'm going to define myself by what he did. And he did a good job. So that's why I like me. Even though there's people who don't. When I went to Raymond, somebody said, if someone doesn't like you, they have a problem. Kenneth Copeland made a statement. says, if you don't like me, you just don't know me. That's called security. You're secure. Say, I'm his workmanship. And he don't make no junk. No, he don't. Let's, let's think about this for a minute. Why did God make the earth? Well, let's, let's back up. Why did he make the stars? That's a lot of stars. That's a lot of gas. I mean, just one star has a ton there are stars out there that if our star was a golf ball, they're the size of this church. That's a lot of gas. And he stuck them up in the sky for what reason? For you to look at. That's a lot of expense for nothing. And he didn't make three. He made 30 billion. For what? For you. So then he made a solar system. Then he made an earth. Then he put water and trees and all that. And he did all of that for one reason. You. I mean, that's like, I'm awesome. Am I right? For God so loved you. That wasn't enough when you walked away. He didn't just let you perish. He came and got you. And that sealed your worth. You know, you know Lisa, people seen Lisa's diamond and they, they go, your husband loves you. Don't shout me down. See, a man's supposed to buy nice things for his wife 
because it makes him look good. Women, come on, help me out a little more. Don't buy junk. She's fixing to get a new Lexus that just made. Say, say, good husband. See there, I like it. <laughs> she likes her house I just built. What am, what am I doing it for? Well, I like her. I actually love her. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it. So if he didn't love you, he wouldn't have done all that. So get your worth from what he paid. Oh, that puts us in another class. In other words, you're starting to think good of yourself now. You're starting to be like, yeah, that's pretty good. If God so loved me. Now, see, now you can lay in the bed at night and go, thank you for doing that for me. And once you, now I'm going to show you another scripture in a minute, but once you accept his love, it's not hard to walk in love. But if you don't accept it, it's not easy to do. Because now you're on a treadmill trying to become. And everyone in your way, you're going to kill them like Hitler. Maybe not physically. But we got to get rid of these people. They're in my way. I can't obtain to where I need to be. Well, why are you trying to attain anyway? Why don't you let God put you there? That's a good thought. Relax a little bit. Let him do his job. Someone said a dog eat dog. Not in Christianity, it's not. Ain't no dogs biting nobody over here. All right. First John 4. This is the one. This is the scripture. I'm glad we got to it tonight. I'm going to tell you what happened to me one day. I, when, I, when I built that cabin, that log cabin, and Lisa will tell you, we had a lot of problems and I knew I had missed God. I beat myself for missing God. Have you all ever done that? And I began to get my worth. Think about this for a minute. If you think he's mad at you, what happens to your faith if you think God's mad? Yeah, that's true. So the devil's coming along going, well, you screwed up. Right, yeah. So we're laying there one night and a hurricane came through and all the logs leaked. Amen. Do you know what it looks like to live in an $800,000 house that's full of water? With oak floors that are getting wet. Do you know how demoralizing that is when you're sitting there going, I'm an idiot. Come on, don't look at me in that tone of voice. You ain't never beat yourself up. And then the guys busted the windows out and Josh blew his car up and Justin blew his car up. If that's not proof that God's mad, nothing else. Is, but that's not proof he's mad. That's, all that is is me thinking he's mad. Because I'm measuring myself by whether I did good or not. Not by what Jesus did, but what I'm doing. Right, that's right, that's good. If you want to know all about legalism, ask a Pentecostal. 
Never mind, y'all are getting some of this. Some of y'all are going, I think some of this I'm getting. 4, 17, 1 John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now stop there. Don't read the next one. So I got on a treadmill. If I could ever get my love walk up, God would be pleased with me. Never did get it there. So what happens to us? Well, he's always angry at you because you don't measure. What you're doing is you're trying to get yourself if, if perfect love would drive out the fear in me. Now, I've got to start loving all the people I don't like, and I've got to love everybody in this church that I don't like, and I've got to love my, you know. And I never did make it. Because every time I start loving someone, they'd leave and a new idiot would come, a new person would come. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. I mean, do y'all just have days just like, all right, I bombed on that one. Let's go to bed and try again tomorrow. Yep. And you're aware all the time that you have not arrived. Right. Finally, one day the Lord said to me, he says, why don't you go back and read that again? Because that's not what I said. Mm. Now, listen, read it again. There is no fear in love. God's perfect love for me would drive out the fear in me. So once I settled that he had unconditional love for me, yeah. I had no more fear. Yeah, yeah. It's not up to me. It's what Jesus did at the cross. That's the yeah. Let me say it again. Mm -hmm. Once I adjusted what he is saying, his perfect love would drive the fear out of me. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to measure up. That's good. I went, whoo. All of a sudden, life got easy again because now I'm getting my prayers answered. Why? Because I'm all that? No. He's all that. Are y'all out there? Y'all are getting this, aren't you? Now I started getting nice. I actually came to church and started liking people. Let me say it to you this way. When you're judging yourself, you're going to find you judge everyone. God's mad at you, and I guarantee you, you're going to be mad at a lot of people. Because you're, you're taking the way you think God is, and you're acting that way. But once you find out that his love for you is unconditional, then it becomes very easy for your love to become unconditional. Then somebody comes along and says something, you go, ah, I'm not that big a deal. Because if God will do it for, if God is for me, you're not going to wreck it. Do y'all see that? That's the root of faith. Boy, the devil's sly, isn't he? Gets you to beating on yourself. And I told Lisa, and she'll tell you this. There was a time I just beat myself up all the time. You did this wrong, and you did that wrong, and you did this wrong. 
I told somebody this one time, y'all don't, y'all don't throw anything at me. I do something stupid at church. There's always somebody at the door to tell you. Do y'all think that did any good? It made me meaner. Shut up, idiot. I didn't get nicer because you told me I screwed up. I got meaner. Okay, don't look at me in that tone of voice. One of the things that started changing me was hanging around people like Cindy Duvall Mm -hmm. and Mary Fran. Mary Fran loves Lisa and I Mm -hmm. unconditionally. Mm -hmm. There's times she'd walk up and go, don't do that again. And then she'd go, okay, and then she'd forget it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she'd get on to you and bam, she'd love you that fast. I'm like, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like Mary Fran. See, you, you need to have people who love you. Yes. Not that you have to. It's nice to have people around you that actually love you. Yes. You screw up, they still love you. Yes. Thank y'all. Come on, I'm helping somebody in here tonight. Now, if you hang around your spouse that doesn't love you, after a while, it's like, hey, shut up. You got to walk out and go, well, God loves me. The dog loves me. I mean, the dog always loves me. My dog, my dog always loves me. The cat don't love nobody. <laughs> let, let me tell y'all a revelation. Nobody owns cats. Cats own people. I mean, I, I want you to do this. Walk, go home tonight and say, kitty cat, go get my slippers. <laughs> ah. A cat ain't doing nothing, you tell it. But that dog is like, oh, 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 oh. I mean, you might be a jerk, and that dog loves you, man. He just uh, slobber all over you. That's why people have dogs, because the only person in the house that likes you is your dog. <laughs> Not really. Is this true about perfect love? His perfect love for me. Because fear involves torment. If you're tormented, the problem is, is that you are not focusing on his perfect love. Or the fear and the torment would leave your soul. He loves me. Go to Romans 8 and I'm going to show you something. You got to think about this, guys. You got to think about what I'm saying. And what I'm doing is I'm showing you who you are in the spirit. In the spirit, you're perfect. You're already perfect. Come on, guys. That's good news. You're perfect. I mean, look at your spouse one day and go, I'm so perfect. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Either. The dog will go, yeah, you are. <laughs> Don't be deceived. The dog just wants food and to be rubbed. Now, I told you this one time to make you mad. The the dog has already decided he owns your couch. Not everybody. So when I come over, he's going to jump on the couch and dare me to sit down. And I'm going to kick him off your couch. Get off that couch, dog. 
No, no. And probably never gets invited back to your house ever again. <laughs> My daughter Ashley had this big Rottweiler, and she had enough sense to put that dog in a cage when I came over. I mean, that dog is, you know, how big was she, 60 pounds? Yeah. 120. Do you think I want a 120-pound dog in my lap in your house? I don't mind Lisa being in my lap, but I don't want your dog in my lap. Just come up, right in your lap. He loves you. Good. Get him out of here. So Ashley would drag him and put him in a cage, and the dog would be in there going, I wish they'd leave. <laughs> Now she has a little dog. He just need a little, you know, that'd make good gator bait. Put a hook on that thing. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just joking. Verse 31. What can we say to these things? Say it with me. If God is for me, who, who can be against me? If he did not spare his own son for me, and he delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give me all things? Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect me? It is God who made me righteous. Who is he that's condemning me? It was Jesus who died and rose from the dead and sat down at the right hand of God and is praying for me right now. And you might want to leave me alone. Who's going to separate me from the love of Christ? Trouble, distress, persecution, no money, nakedness, and Glock 19? No. Wicked government? No. Folks, this is... This is one of those absolute powerful scriptures that there's times you think nobody cares, but God does, and that might be the only place you go get any love. If you're on my side, we're good. All right. I think I got some more here. Oh, I got time. Genesis 4.1. We'll close with this. Does this help you? These scriptures, and there's more of them. There's, there's more of them, like you're completing him. You, it, when, I, when I start preaching on living right, I'm not trying to get you to get your worth from it. Right. And that's why it gets quiet when you preach on holiness, because you're like, oh. no, that's not who you are. Yeah. That just means... I need to make some adjustments. See, in a family, children are healthy if you'll always give them two slices of praise with every slice of bologna. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're going to whip them, you're going to need to get them back in the room, hug on them, let them know this is over. Tell the rest of the family to leave them alone. They're forgiven. And then pull them back in and give them love. What you did was wrong. You got punished. That's the end of this. Yeah. Now, see, you have to have an environment 
There has to, church has to be an environment where you're loved. That doesn't mean that what you hear all the time is what you want to hear, but there has to be unconditional love here. Do you all see that? I was so proud of the people in this church when, when I found out that people were homesick and Lisa and I would call and we would find out that there was four, five, six, maybe ten people from this church had already contacted some of them. Y'all, that's awesome. They, they're like, I'm loved. That's good. Some people, in order to get healed, need, just need some love. Somebody needs to love on. All right, we're, we're, we're in Genesis 4. Adam knew Eve's wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. It says, I've acquired a man from the Lord. She actually said, I've acquired a man of the Lord. She thought Cain was the Messiah. She bore again and bore his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. I'm not going to get into all of the sheep versus vegetables, okay? In the process of time, it came that Cain brought an offering to the ground of the Lord, and Cain brought the first fruit of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel, and he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? All right. Then we've talked about God accepting you, and you are. But people in America today want to live in sin, and I'm talking homosexuality, and they want acceptance. We love you, and we'll accept you. Stop it. So, I mean, there are times that people will look at you, and you're wanting acceptance, but yet you're not living right. You're not acting right. And it isn't your skin you did that because I'm black. No, I did that because you're a jerk. Don't shout me down. You know, I know black people are just mean. Well, you just don't like me because of what? No, I don't like you. But it's not because of your skin. I just don't like you. Quit blaming circumstances on why people don't like you. You want to be accepted? Do right. So I'm going to tell you a story real quick, and then we'll try to close. Well, I was doing the minister's breakfast one day, and there was a minister there, and um, I didn't know he was on the phone. He had a phone laying in front of him, and he's texting while I'm talking. I didn't know he, he's not supposed to be. And I turned and asked him a question, not knowing he's on the phone, and he said, you just embarrassed me in front of everybody, and you did it because I'm a Puerto Rican. I said, well... Number one, I know you're on the phone. And number one, two, I don't care whether you're Puerto Rican or not. And see, he has a problem. He has an inferiority complex because he doesn't like himself. Quit blaming everybody if you don't like you. Get over it. If you're black, you're beautiful. If you're white, well, we'll talk about it. We understand you lack pigment, but it's all right. Go to the beach, you can work on it for a while. Come on, y'all. But sometimes, sometimes, and I'm trying to close with this, sometimes you're creating why people don't like you. And maybe you might want to make some adjustments. 
if you don't like you, you're going to find out that you're a prophet. Oh, nobody likes me. Why? Because you don't like you. And you have no idea how many people don't like you because of you walking around with your lips stuck out. I walked in that church and nobody said nothing to me. Well, you big baby, why don't you get nice? You need to like you. Get, get off of this roller coaster and love you the way God made you. You're smart. You're intelligent. You have giftings. And you're his workmanship. Fall in love with what God made. And you might find out that other people might like you just because you're confident. There's a lot of things. I mean, I actually wish that I was six foot something, but I'm not. So whenever I shoot a basketball, I have to carry a ladder with me. It's not right. But when I'm deer hunting, I can slip around in the woods because I'm so short. All the trees are knocking y'all out. No, never mind. (laughs) You have, you you are a gift to the body. You have giftings. There's something about you that God made you the way you are. Find out what he made you for and you do that. Don't compare yourself anymore with anyone else. I know what I don't do and I'm okay with it. But I know what I do, and I'm okay with that. You know, notice that Justin didn't ask me when he put screens up. He knows better. I'm still working on Facebook. But I do pretty good when it comes time to go preach the Word. Do you all see that? So find out what he did when he made you. What was his purpose in you? And get excited about it and quit working on what you don't have. Squirrels probably will never swim like a duck. Try as they may. And rabbits, just quit trying to climb the tree. It just isn't going to work, son. Some of y'all need to quit trying to be someone else and just be the person God made you and and start liking you. Say this, I I like like me. I love me. Well, you can love you, but not necessarily like you. Y'all get with this. I'm actually finished. Is this, does this, is this helpful? You're going to find out a lot of your problems are in your mirror. <laughs> you got, you, you're going to have to get that. You're going to have to get that affair fixed. Quit being so mean to yourself. Amen. Amen. God bless. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this, this evening. What a wonderful time I had with your church. And Father, as we walk out of here, I I pray they grab an an understanding of what that means to love others as you love yourself. That might be where we need to do a lot of work and just start not only loving ourselves, but actually liking the me you made me to be and developing the me you made me to be and be happy with that. And I give you glory and honor for every person in this room. 
and they're, they're such precious people. You made them, and they're beautiful. And we give you glory, sir, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to someone and say, man, I'm beautiful. I told Lisa one day I was handsome, and I couldn't even get an agreement out of her. I could just... We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.